0: This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta
1: Hello, and thank you for joining us today. I'm so happy you're here. Happiness Solved is the place where we explore everything you need to become the best possible version of you. This is Sandy Scarlatta And today I've got some exciting news for our dedicated listeners. We've just launched our exclusive members only portal. This is your ticket to a world of additional content designed to deepen your understanding and engagement with the Happiness Solved mission. To learn more about all of the exciting benefits, stay tuned until the end of the episode where I will explain in greater detail. For those interested now, head over to happinesssolved.supercast.com. Today is another amazing conversation, so let's get started. Sean Hainan, I am so excited to be speaking with you today. How's everything going?
0: <laughs> you know, everything is going extremely well right now. I am very blessed, very fortunate. So nothing to complain about.
1: Isn't that the best though, right? It I is. Mean, it is. So for those of you who are living under a rock and do not know who Sean is, you, I, I'm like looking at, I pulled your bio up on um, IMDb. Yeah. And I just, you know, your career has spanned so many years. So you've done a lot, but not only are you an actor, I didn't realize you were, you were also a comedian. Um, You've written a few books, one of which I'm reading right now, uh, The Way of the Cobra. And, um, but what I, what I really love mostly is that you also have been on Capitol Hill raising awareness about bullying.
0: Yeah, it's something. It's really um, something I'm very passionate about. Uh, whenever I have the opportunity to speak about anti-bullying, I jump at the opportunity because I think it's become such. You know, I hesitate to use the word pandemic, but it is definitely endemic. And um, you know, now with uh, you know with kids using the internet uh, and cyberbullying, it's it's become you know geometrically worse than it was when I was a kid.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Well we're we're I'm a, I think I'm a year older than you and you shared the same birthday with my brother. I was like, oh that's kind of funny. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, I was bullied so badly when I was a child. And they didn't they, they just it was just like oh you know, like like it was just shugged shugged off, like it like it wasn't a yeah. big deal. Whether it yeah. was my nose, it was a lot of my nose, because nobody, you know, I was made fun of from the from preschool into high school, I was, people made fun of my nose, which, you know, people spend a lot of money these days to, to get it to look like that, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think people, um, people, people don't realize that even as you become an adult, you become a fully formed human being, um, you know. Many people still carry the scars from the bullying that they endured at a very young age, and you know you really got to do a lot of work on yourself and on understanding life um, to to heal that sort of stuff. And some people, unfortunately, never do. And it really is, you know, it becomes like a debilitating chain that they wear around their necks in the form of a disempowering story. And, you know, the, the fortunate people are able to reframe the story and turn it into something positive that, you know, that motivates them and inspires them. But all too many people aren't able to do that. And many, many, too many, you know, allow it to kind of foster, um, foster a, a, a feeling of, you know, victimhood about themselves, which is, you know, it's really um, sad and, and will really hold you back in life.
1: Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. I know for me in my um, early forties, I actually went to a plastic surgeon to inquire to have my nose straightened out. I I would joke like my mom, her nose looks almost like, like that of like Barbara Streisand and everyone else in my family has what I perceive to be this perfectly straight nose. And so they did the you know, the the picture and everything. And I saw what I would potentially look like. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh my God, like, mm-hmm. no. And, but it took that to fully embrace.
0: Well, the, you you, know. you say it that, but without knowing you, I'm going to guess, and this is a complete <laughs> supposition that <laughs> really what happened was over the many years you did a lot of work on yourself and changing your nose which was an external manifestation of of what you perceived to be an answer to the bullying no longer became important to you because you would, you would reconcile within yourself.
1: Yeah. Well, that happens with age, you know, when when we've been on this planet, you know, pushing six decades, right. It's like, I've been, I've been saying that a lot, Sean, because I know, but, but it's, I embraced my 40s, my 50s, and I'm like, I'm gearing up. I'm like, I'm going to do this
0: because it beats the alternative, right? You know, it beats the alternative, which is not being here. So you better embrace it, right?
1: That's right, exactly, exactly. And um, I want to talk about your book, and and I, I have it on my phone because I I do a lot of reading on that. But before we we go into that. Not everybody reaches a point in their life where they're even capable of writing something as amazing as this with with so many golden nuggets in it. Mm. How did you reach the point in your life? What is your backstory that that was like, I, I need to get this message out?
0: Well, you know, I'm a firm believer that there are two universal forces which bring about change in human beings, and that's fear and love. And um, I reached a point when I was uh, about 50 years old, I was, for my 50th birthday, I received a star on the Palm Springs Walk of Fame. Um, Congratulations. That's huge. Um, (laughs) Lots of people came and made speeches and my parents flew in and, you know, there were photos and parties and everything. And when sort of the fog of the celebration cleared and I was looking in the mirror, um, you know, what was reflecting back at me was a guy saying, okay, what now? What's next? And the scary thing is, I didn't know. Um, and to make matters worse, I was 40 pounds overweight. I had no prospects for acting work at that time, believe it or not. And, um, you know, I was engaging with some old demons more frequently than I probably would like to admit. And I realized that everyone else in, that moment might perceive me as being successful but i knew that i was rapidly slipping into mediocrity and i knew that if i didn't do something about it um it was going to go from being you know noticeable to me to noticeable to everyone else to irreparable in my life and the saddest thing would be that i would never have the opportunity to show the world you know and to help the world and to do all the things that I wanna do. And so um, I decided that uh, there was gonna be no more of this waiting for my ship to come in crap. I was gonna build the damn ship. I right. just had to figure out how to do it. Right. And I started doing some things, you know, it's funny, it, it, as it is with most challenges in life, the solution is simple, but rarely easy. Simple, <laughs> but rarely easy. And I started doing, what was very simple, but not easy. And within, within about a year, I had made a profound difference in my life. And, you know, as I was writing Way of the Cobra, um, you know, going into the book, I just knew I couldn't write a book like this unless I was living my life in accordance with what I was writing. I just, uh, you know, would feel like an enormous fraud if I did that. And so I made some massive changes in my life. I stopped drinking. Um, I lost uh, almost 50 pounds. Um, You know, the way that I looked at things uh, changed significantly and every single thing got better. It was like the clouds parted and the universe was raining down on me. All the things that I was so angry that I wasn't getting when in reality I was the one keeping myself from it.
1: Mm.
0: Wow. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because that authenticity is what helps and inspires others. So, Cobra is is a wonderful acronym. Would you like to to share with that acronym sure. what it stands the for? The
0: acronym stands for character, optimization, balance, respect, and abundance.
1: Love it. Now, in the beginning of the book, and when I say golden nuggets, what I'm referring to is you have all of these short, you know, how Cobras are to act. Mm -hmm. Um, They act with integrity and honesty, not only when it's easy or being watched, but always. Um, It goes on and on and on now, but the one that really stood out for me Mm -hmm. is the very last one. A Cobra recognizes that you never know what private war another person may be fighting have empathy for every person's life situation. Absolutely. And I really, I mean, that's just, you know, could you imagine how things could be so different in this world if everybody looked at another person from that lens?
0: Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I mean, I wish I had originated that quote. Um, a lot of people who are much smarter than I am have said it but it just resonated with me. And, you know, a lot of times I'm, I'm asked to sort of distill into something simple what it takes to be successful. And I tell people it takes four things. Uh, and one of them is to live with compassion. And I say that, you know, you never know what private war someone is fighting. And, you know, you're standing. an example is, you know, you're standing in line at the pharmacy and you're in a hurry and you see an elderly woman reaching in her pocketbook to write a check and it's like if, if if we can be convicted for murder for the things that go through our head because we've got something so important to do and you don't know if she's deciding whether she has enough money to get her husband's medicine or for them to eat that night that's right and when you realize that um, you can take a deep breath and you can you can become a more compassionate person you know it's not it's not about the you know the thoughts that flow through our heads sometimes which are reprehensible it's it's what you choose to do with them yes you know? otherwise uh, every single person who ever got cut off would be you know in a state mental hospital
1: yeah I know it's like because really especially when you talk about road rage and things like that we not we're never gonna know why the person almost cut you off or almost hit you right so I always just say just make up a different story.
0: Absolutely. Oh yeah. my and
1: gosh. So I
0: hope right.
1: they're not driving to the hospital to because their kid was just in an accident, right? I mean, like.
0: There's a great book. It's uh, called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. You know, and <laughs> one of the four agreements is never take anything personally. That's and right. when you learn not to do that, and it's hard, it's hard. Yeah. Especially because, you know, human beings, we have a tremendous capacity for um, incredulity and for feeling um aggrieved and and that is the food source for victimhood but when you realize that almost everything that quote-unquote happens to you in this world that you don't like is not done out of malice to you you know and when you realize you can step out of it you know it's funny i was coaching someone today and he was he was kind of lamenting something, which frankly was really stupid. And um, I said, listen, you know, I'm just going to tell you something from my life. So I had a 6:45 pickup today, and it was raining, and it was to do um, stunt training, which means, you know, I had to I had to do something very physical in the morning. And I'm in the van, and we're in traffic, and we're driving. And the first AD calls me and says, we've had a screw up. Um, go get coffee for an hour. So I tell the driver, let's get coffee. 10 minutes later, he calls back, listen, we can't resolve this. Just go back to your hotel and we'll pick you up again in three hours. Now, I could have attached the story that, you know, I'm not being treated the way a star of my magnitude should be treated and blah, 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 and spin my mind out. Or I could have simply said, this is great. I can go back. I can get in bed and keep writing, which I was doing. And I was making great progress on my new book. And, you know, this is how film and television sets work because, I mean, you know, it's like Mike Tyson says, everybody's got a plan till they get punched in the mouth. That epitomizes working in film and television, you know, the best laid plans. And, you know, when you, when you realize that it has absolutely nothing to do with me, you know, it, yeah. it alleviates that feeling of being angry and resentful and all that stuff. Now, listen. I'm not perfect at it, believe me. I mean, I tell people all the time, before you think I'm living on top of a mountain in Kathmandu, levitating three feet off the ground, you know, in a lotus position, contemplating my navel, I've made every one of those mistakes in my books That's right. a dozen That's times right. over, which is why I wrote the books.
1: Right. I mean, we all have. We it's all lotus. have. And it's it, what I've learned is that it's usually not about me, but it's so much, e- like it's hindsight's twenty twenty, and it's so easy, you know, to, to look back and and have that perspective, mm. and at the end of the day, almost always, you can look at a situation and say that happened for me, not Absolutely. to me.
0: No, I can I can take. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because I, I, a lot of what I do with my clients is I talk about the concept of story, and you know okay. how human beings attach these negative stories. The problem is, you know, first of all, why do humans attach stories? Well, humans don't like the unknown. Um, and so they like to qualify events very quickly and they do it in a binary way. This is good, this is bad, this is positive, this is negative. Right. The problem is that human beings are A, terrible historians and B, they can rarely see what's coming over the horizon or the 30,000 foot view. Like as terrible h- historians, if I said to you, okay, Sandy, tell me something that is a really seminal, important, life-altering thing that happened when you walk me through the who's what's when's where's why's what it smelled like and tasted like and then i said okay now i'm going to take you to a movie theater i'm going to sit you down and i'm going to show you a movie of what really happened you probably at best would be i don't know 60 percent accurate and it's not because you're not trying to be honest it's because everybody sees life from a different prism with a thousand variables now you and i have some of the same variables where We both live in the 21st century. We both live in a Western democracy. Now we both live in the United States. Now it starts to get a little different. I'm a man, you're a woman. Okay, difference in variable. Then you start looking at somebody, someone gay, is someone straight, is someone black, is someone white? Is someone uh, have a disability? Is somebody come from higher education or not? And none of these variables are any better than the others. They're simply different. But when you infer a story that happened or when you infer an event that happens to you, it has an effect on your story, right? And if, if you'll indulge me, there's this great thing. It's in my new book. Um, I think it's in my new book, it is. Um, there's a woman, she's a journalist and she's on Skid Row and she's writing an article about the homeless and she's just next to this guy that is a hope to die drunk bum, about 50 years old. And she says, let me ask you something. How is it that you came to this place in your life? And he said, well, he said, I had a father who was an alcoholic, drank a pint of whiskey every night. He beat my mother, beat my twin brother, beat me, could never keep a job, how else would I have grown up?" And she was so intrigued by that, she tracked down his twin brother, and when she looked at the address, she looked at this magnificent house, she said, this can't be right. She knocks on the door, this very put together guy in his 50s, opens up with just the slightest resemblance to the bum that she had seen before, and he said, please come in, let me introduce you to my, my loving family, I've been a doctor for, you know, 30 years in the community. And she said, how is it that you built this amazing life? And he said, well, I had an alcoholic for a father, drank a bottle of whiskey every night, beat my mother, beat my twin brother, and beat me, how else would I have grown up? Two identical two identical circumstances, two very different stories, completely changing the trajectory of the two individuals' lives. Wow. So it's, it's powerful, the stories. And we don't realize we do it sometimes, especially yeah. as adults. We do it with everything, you know? whether it's weight loss all oh, listen. my mom's fat my dad's fat that's in my dna i can't lose weight or i'm too old or i got i got a bum knee or you know whatever it is um can you pause this for a second absolutely I, I absolutely I, i'll I put pause that, like, right post, now post, post, yeah. so we're all we?
1: all right we are back we were talking about um just how things happen for you not to you
0: concept of story how you know yeah you know the the universe doesn't hate you most people don't have it out for you you know things happen and when you personalize them um that's really sort of the first step to you know creating a sense of victimhood which is just something nobody wants to be a victim you know it's a it's a choice you
1: know it is. And then I always have to, whenever I, we have this conversation on my show, I always like to say, you know, if you're going through pain, pain is pain and yeah. it's real and you need to feel well,
0: let me, it. Let me, yeah, let me, let me, <laughs> put a, let me put a, uh, a caveat to that, um, which is there are people that are victims in the moment of something terrible happening to them. Yes. And that is horrendous. I'm in no way, shape, or form exactly. trying to minimize that. What I'm saying is that the conscious choice to continue allowing what happened to you and victimized you in that moment, to continue it though, that is a choice. I in no way do I not have compassion, empathy for people who have gone through horrendous things.
1: I know, I like to always just throw that in and thank you for saying that as well. Just because, you know, sometimes, I mean, we all have been through it where Mm -hmm. you're going through something And you know, on a conscious level that it's going to be better, but when you're going through it, sometimes you just can't always see it,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We get, we get blinded by things and wrapped up in ourselves and, you know. Yeah.
1: And, and that's, that's just part of life. So I wish we had time to go through everything that the COBRA stands for, but I, I would, love to just talk about the abundance thing the abundance part of it because i feel like there's so much and you talk about here in the first paragraph it's it's all about fear but that cobras recognize that the universe holds an infinite amount of success wealth love and happiness for everyone Mm. love that
0: no i I take this a lot further in the follow-up book to way the cobra which is called welcome to kumite um i'm a huge proponent of the universal laws and One of, one of my personal favorites is the law of vibration Do you know what the law of vibration is yeah. no it yes. says everything is energy everything vibrates at the subatomic level whether it's uh you know a, a rock vibrates but also thoughts and words and emotions vibrate the highest um emotional vibrations are you know love and kindness and empathy and compassion and the lowest are fear and anxiety and jealousy and all of that sort of stuff and most people become anxious in life because they, they fear the unknown and they project a po- possibility of what's going to happen that they create between their ears and then they ruminate on it. And for me, and I always tell people, this is not a theological conversation, but you know, the very first thing I do every morning is I get on my knees and I thank God for five things. And if I can't think of something, I thank God for giving me another day to be a better version of who I was the day before. And I acknowledge that we live in abundance and not scarcity. Now, here's the interesting thing about the law of vibration. So we've learned that magnets attract. Well, um, opposites attract. Um, That's only in magnets because in the universe, like attracts like. And so if you're operating uh, from a vibration... Of abundance and gratitude the universe is neutral it's it's not good it's not bad it just says oh okay you know you're living in abundance you want more of that I'm going to give it to you yep but consequently if you want to be a person that's wealthy but you're always walking around going I can never get a good job screw that guy what does he got that I can't Da 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 I'm always broke all the universe hears is oh you're living in scarcity you want more of it And so it gives you the very thing that you don't want. And when you live in abundance, it does some interesting things. First of all, you're rooted in the present. You're not worrying about the future. You're living life moment to moment. That doesn't mean not preparing for the future. It doesn't mean not keeping an eye as to what's coming your way. But it means not fabricating and creating possibilities that most of the time don't even manifest other than if you manifest in yourself and uh I, I find that it's a way to keep you humble and focused keep me humble and focused and and you know have the universe match me with a vibration that i i want
1: mm. that was so beautifully stated sean thank you for that you. um i'm very much into like the map of consciousness and <laughs> you know things like that and um and i'm working with a new mentor right now and we're she's teaching me about like the quantum and all of that which i'm still very mm-hmm. i couldn't even explain things to you because i'm still it's <laughs> early in 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 learning about this but it really comes down to we have two states of being we're either in consciousness or we're in ego period. absolutely
0: absolutely yeah and when
1: we can remember that it's like oh that's my ego that's not consciousness yeah
0: yeah yeah you know learning Learning to slay the ego is, I think, one of the great challenges and journeys that if most humans undertake it, it has a profound difference and change on your life. Oh, yeah. You know, it teaches oh, yeah. you to get out of the way and there's all sorts of things that you learn. It's almost like, you know, you you live more in a flow state where you're in sync with things instead of swimming like a salmon upstream.
1: Beautifully said. Amazing. I don't want to keep you because I know you have so much, so many amazing things going on. You're writing awesome. another book. My pleasure. Incredible! Thank yeah, you writing, so much.
0: Writing this one with my wife. Oh, nice. We're writing, yeah, we're writing the third, uh, the third book in the Way the Cobra series, which is called Cobra Couples.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: Yeah. So I love it. We've uh, been together for I think we've been together 13 years. We've been married for 11 in Hollywood. Not the easiest place to be married.
1: No. And you know
0: we've learned a couple things along the way and. Uh, want to turn the way the cobra audience onto something that's a little bit different but still done within the framework of the uh other two books
1: that's brilliant i love it well when the book is ready to be released if you'd like to come back on with michelle we could could talk about it because i tell you um all of my episodes that that get the most listens is are especially ones about relationships because
0: oh really okay well yeah but I'll come, on, I'll come on with my wife Michelle. I'd love perfect. To okay. Awesome.
1: Well thank you Sean. Thank Good you luck so with much. everything that you're doing Just and again. Take care of yourself. All right you too thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And as promised, I'd like to give you more details of what you can expect as a member of the Happiness Solved exclusive community. First, you'll have access to a treasure trove of extra podcast episodes. These episodes dive deeper into the topics we discuss featuring additional expert interviews only found here, but that's not all. As a member, you'll also get access to a series of mindset training sessions. These recordings are tailored to help you understand the how and why your mindset is the most important asset you have, empowering you to achieve your personal and professional goals. And for those of you looking to find a moment of peace in your busy lives, we've got something special, exclusive guided meditations. These sessions are crafted to help you relax, refocus and recharge. Whether you're a meditation guru or just starting out, there's something here for everyone. Becoming a member is more than just accessing extra content. It's about joining a community of like-minded individuals all on a journey to live life to its fullest and become the best possible version of you. So how can you join? It's simple. Go to happinesssolved.supercast.com and sign up. Don't miss out on this opportunity to deepen your journey with us. Again, that's happinesssolved.supercast.com and it will also be in the show show notes. I am so grateful you're a part of our Happiness Solve family, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart for your continued support. Again, I am so grateful for you, and I hope that you and your family are healthy and safe, and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, and happiness. Take care, everyone.